This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. Pastor Bill, thanks for being with us. Yeah, it's always a treat being here. I want to ask you, where do you see the move of God going? Has the Lord shown you anything specific? What's ahead for us in America, yeah. the nations? Well, it's obvious we need a real outpouring of the Spirit. I mean, just yeah. to heal the nation for you know for where we're at, but but we also see great signs of that happening. Mm-hmm. So I I think I think there's two parts of it. Um, I think there's the presence power aspect, and I think there's the wisdom part where the Lord is is sprinkling his people with great wisdom that know how to walk in purity, that know how to demonstrate power, but he's sprinkling them into the into the lump of dough, so to speak, mm-hmm. into the into the Babylonian system, you know. And uh, where they're able to bring influence from the inside and uh, you know the Daniels and the Josephs. And we see that increasing so dramatically that's given us great, great courage encouragement because it uh, it's a sign of what God intends to do. He he, he tends to bring healing to the broken parts. It's not just the meetings in church. You know, it's not just the mm-hmm. revival meetings and the conferences and the things that that I love doing that we do. It's getting kingdom expressed behind the scenes in the business world, medical community, political systems, education, all the stuff. That's what I see happening, and that's going on twenty four seven. And uh, we we of course want the the greater outbreaks of power. You know that's what I'm really hunger for, and I see that happening too. But uh, yeah, but uh, I, I I feel like they have to work in tandem. This time we have to have both. We can't just have one or the other. This time, as opposed to maybe most. <clears throat> yeah, other uh, there's been other uh, you know real visitations of God that had great harvest of souls, great uh, demonstration of power, a lot of miracles, a lot of great things happen. But revivals tend to burn from the ground up. They they always start with the poor. Maybe not economically poor, but poor in spirit always. Yeah, and it's like it's burning up a wall. And it, if it doesn't reach the upper echelons of society, those who shape thought, the value system of a culture, then you don't get a reformation. And so you've got it's it's got to it's got to burn until it impacts those who are the real mind molders, the one who really shape the values of a culture. And once you have that, then you've got the awakening that. Uh, you know that we've had historically that I that I think we're we're on the edge of entering into uh, once again. So it's the two in tandem. It's the it's the demonstration of power, but it's got to affect the way people see reality, the way people think, the value system, the culture. So you're hopeful. I mean, you see oh, good days ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God's not through with. I'd go live America. on an island if I wasn't hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, the fly rod, that sounds, yeah, yeah. sounds yeah. That's a good yeah, idea. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we have a lot of hope. We There's so many things we see happening behind the scenes that, mm-hmm. you know, there's just, uh, I mean, some of the some of the people, you know, me- media is kind of a, it's kind of a bad deal because you don't get to see people as they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get, you see them the way they want you to see them. And uh, some of the people that we would be the most skepti- skeptical about behind the scenes are the most de- desperate for an answer from God. And uh, there, uh, there, there's some good divine counsel happening behind the scenes. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's encouraging. It really is. It's happening a lot. How, how does wisdom relate to the power outbreak? What does that provide? That setting, or, or let me, or in the, you could even address it in the negative. If you don't have that, the wisdom flowing, 
in tandem with a power outbreak? What does it limit it? What? Yeah, it gives it longevity mm -hmm. because it pro it provides solutions. See, wisdom is divine reasoning, and everybody wants the mind of Christ. They just don't know it. They all were stunned when Jesus taught. They go, "What do you mean you can live by dying?" But they they wouldn't they wouldn't leave. They they were fascinated by his way of thinking. You know, you're exalted by going low. You know, you receive by giving. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he would teach these things, and and the the crowds were. They were stunned. There was something that awakened inside of them. And uh, what wisdom does is it provides a perspective on life, but then it starts answering the issues, the, de the details that, that, uh, that just get us so messed up, you know, uh, gets a culture so messed up, the value system, the morality, what's right, what's wrong, all those things. But not just that. It goes beyond that into providing medical answers, business answers, mm -hmm. uh, how to heal and fix the economy or... You know, it comes up with creative solutions for technology, or you know, all those all those things. It's it just works in tandem. And uh, it, what, what you've what you've got to have, if you just have the power and you have meetings, it's confined to a building. It may be a bigger and bigger building, but it's still confined to a gathering. And it's wisdom that that is that opens the door for us to get in uh, into the uh, inroads into how our communities work. How you know how the systems work, and when you get inside, uh, say the educational system, you get inside not to control it, not even to influence, although that's going to happen. But you're there just to serve, and to make people who work in that area of life, um, you know, help them look like geniuses, help them to succeed. Then suddenly the influence of the leaven takes place, and values start to shift, start to change. And it's not because of a military takeover. It's not because of our protest banners. That that don't work. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's by serving. It's always been our strong suit. Mm -hmm. So we get in and provide answers, uh, creative solutions. You know, uh, somebody gets into a business and and through their ideas help mm -hmm. the business to succeed. It, it causes everyone to think different. It's true. And yeah. and uh, and the Lord wants that. He wants things to succeed. He wants he wants people to do well with what they've been given in life. And wisdom gives longevity to any movement. And even getting into your family. I mean, mm -hmm. you see so many yeah. outbreaks where there's a corporate yeah. gathering that's incredibly strong, and then the, the family's hollow or no, they're right. suffering yep, in the yep, family. Yep. You feel like, how, how, how does that wisdom piece play into a godly family or just... Wisdom, are you familiar with Brian Simmons and the Passion Translation? Sure, yeah. Uh, Brian Simmons, in his book, his translation of Proverbs, in the introduction, he does a definition of the word Proverbs, which we know means like riddle, pithy saying, that, that sort of thing. But the word actually comes from a word that means to reign, wow. to rule over. And, uh, and I think he's done such a brilliant job of identifying the effect of wisdom. Wisdom enables a person to reign in life. It's the Romans uh, 5, 17 passage where, where because of the death of Christ, we're able to reign in life. Mm -hmm. And to reign in life doesn't mean I rule over people. It means that I rule over my money. It doesn't rule me. Yeah. Uh, that when I'm hurt or offended, it doesn't control me. I, I manage that. I rule over that. It's it's the relationships or that I... I manage them correctly so that they're for other people's strength and edification. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just reigning in life. And so all of Proverbs is about reigning in life. So that's what I think, that's what I think um, um, wisdom is for uh, as a dad. 
as a mom and a dad, how we learn how to reign in life. We raise up children that become contributors to society. They're successful according to their gifts, their callings. You know, it's, uh, that's what wisdom does. Wow. And yeah. so in a marketplace, of course, it, it enables business people to be successful, uh, to thrive in, uh, in who they are. Um, I, I just had a, a conversation with, uh, with an extraordinary gentleman yesterday. Um, is from another country, actually, but he's he's uh, unbelievable resources, and he he lives to invest in mm-hmm. in helping people ministry, and um, and he was talking about uh, um, trying to follow our lead on the culture of honor, what we call the gold out mm-hmm. in people. We identify, you know, a culture of honor is you celebrate who a person is without stumbling over who they're not. Yeah. And so he was following that in his business with his management, which is a, you know, extraordinary corporation, and um, and they went to one individual and they just started honoring him because he was so relational, and it shocked him because he thought that was a point of weakness. Wow. In other words, he thought he wasn't as good as the others because that was his strength. So he kept trying to yeah. dumb that down, and and uh, and what they were able to do is say, I mean, here's a here's a guy who's really high up in in the corporate world. And he always thought little of himself because he was so relational. So yeah. he was trying to squelch that part of who he was and try to develop these other, mm-hmm. you know, it was the relational component that was the attractive thing about him. Mm-hmm. So, so the point is, is, is that your wisdom enables you to become everything you're supposed to become using that to serve others, to empower others, and to reign in life, mm-hmm. you know. So. And to honor, which is so important. That's what always stood out to me about the culture here in Bethel, mm-hmm. how, how honoring you guys are. Even if someone makes mistakes and does, you honor who they are in God. And I think that's yeah. it's something that's been lost, I think, in our generation, the younger generation. Yeah. And I love that you guys do that that's here because cool. it's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I don't know if you remember, but I recently I sent you an email. I went through a horrible, like, sickness yeah knocking me out for weeks it was bizarre you know and and i'd never dealt with fear before at really barely at all i mean i was pretty relaxed he was actually very like if someone had fear he'd be like well i don't understand get over (laughs) it like i don't even get it i didn't i I never walked through anything like that and then interestingly enough i don't think i've talked about this really publicly but i had gone to pray for somebody who was dying and we didn't see a breakthrough. And it was a friend of ours. And I was called to go to hospice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was bad, but I didn't know I didn't know what I would see when I walked in. And it was so hard to deal with because I was looking at these tumors almost bulging out of the person's skin. They were she, she ran our media when I pastored yeah. here in LA. She was the sweetest wow. girl. Wow. Joyful. Young, so joyful. joyful. She uh, she worked with us for years, and then she moved to Tampa to go work with Rodney. Mm-hmm. You know, winning souls left and right, and I get wow. this call from her wow. daughter. Wow. And she was diagnosed in July, and I'm there in, like, August. No, early September, so it was just a month. And when I walked in, it, it was like a demonic trophy, what I was looking at. Like, yep. it was being yep. paraded. And I prayed... Um, and did not see breakthrough, and like 30 minutes after I left, she died. And it rocked me. So much of the experience rocked me. And 
So I went home, and we took a trip to L.A. with the kids, and I started having these weird symptoms in my body. And I thought they'd go away, and they didn't. And they just stayed. And then I'm in horrible pain. I couldn't sit down, and fear hit me. I had never walked through anything like this, and the whole time, that scene from that hospice room was being paraded in my mind. Yep, yep. And it was messing me up. I couldn't read the scriptures. They weren't sticking. I couldn't. I was trying to worship the Lord the best I could. By this time, they had put me on some medications, and then they wanted to run some blood tests. And because of your pain. Because of my pain. Yeah, yeah. And then wow. the reason they wanted to run the blood test scared me. And I was just like, like there in my bed for almost two weeks. About two Ten weeks. Ten days, two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Just laying there. And it felt yeah. wrong. It felt this was not oh, God's. Yeah. It felt demonic, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. I was like, this is really, this yeah. has got to stop. Yeah. And so I started, I was too tired to read the scriptures. I was trying, I would meditate on them, but to even open my Bible was difficult. And so I threw on my, my iPad your teachings on renewing the mind mm-hmm. on the battleground. Yeah, and yeah. man, it, Pastor Bill, it was like life. Oh, cool. It was, yeah. I don't know why, because I hadn't had the breakthrough yet, mm-hmm. but just hearing the, the teachings mm-hmm. made me feel better. I knew I was wow. on the right track. Beautiful. Five days in, it broke. And finally, my brother came to my house. He goes, bro, this is not you. Get up. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I called his brother. I'm like, you need to come help She's me, like, Michael's losing his mind. Oh, my God. I'm a little <laughs> concerned now. <laughs> I mean, I won. it was like a month out of Jesus Conference. I was like, I'm canceling that thing. I'm done. I don't want to do that. I'm done. I'm not canceling my schedule. And my brother came. He's like, get in the car. We're going to get a smoothie. And he tricked me, really. He drove me over to Dr. Colbert's. Where are we going? No, I don't want to go. But anyways, yeah. hearing those teachings on the renewed mind, something yeah. snapped. Okay. And I yeah. felt, the, Jess will tell you, I wore them out. I mean, I was in the bed just listening yeah. to those teachings yeah. on the renewed mind. And then I sent you an email. Yeah. And I said, Pastor Bill, thank you so much for these teachings. And your reply was interesting to me. Your reply was, thanks for the encouragement on Reformation. And in my head, I thought, well, I, didn't, I, I really I didn't watch videos that were entitled Reformation. I just watched a video that was entitled, mm-hmm. I think it's called The Battleground of the Mind or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I thought, whoa, that really is a teaching on Reformation. That's what we're talking about right now. Yeah. So how does the renewed it's, mind play into everything we just discussed? Well, it says... Uh, uh, don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that's saying personal transformation takes place through the renewed mind. Wow. A person is transformed by the mind being renewed. Well, the re- transformed person transforms the city. That's where you get reformation. That's where you get the, the shift in values, the shift in culture. It all starts from seeing from God's perspective. And repent means to change the way you think. So it's all connected to the renewed mind. Renewed mind is just basically walking in repentance. Wow. And if your mind's not renewed? Get it. (laughs) How do you get it renewed? Stop it. (laughs) Call your brother. How do you get it renewed? Well, uh, actually, renewed. I think renewed mind actually comes in divine encounters. Mm. Sometimes they're extreme. Sometimes they're just the subtle, the fact that I turn my heart towards him and and I just give him honor, I give him thanks. There's that, you know, there's that encounter that we have with the Lord. We have encounters where we read scripture and 
we see things differently. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of different levels and layers of encounter, but I, I don't think a renewed mind is possible apart from an encounter. Mm. Yeah. You know, Jesus said in John, he said to the Pharisees, he says, you read the scriptures because you think in them is eternal life, but these testify of me mm. and you're unwilling to come to me. So what that basically is saying, in, in my thinking, is that the revelation you get here has to take you to the person. If it doesn't take you to the person, you're just equipped to argue. It's true. Yeah. But when you come to the person, you're transformed. When you have the encounter with God that the scriptures pointed to, it's the launching pad to the encounter, then you're changed. You said the unrenewed mind's at war with God. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh. So, can, so you, can, you, can you explain that? Yeah. The mind set on... Uh, on on uh, the flesh is hostile towards God. That's an unrenewed mind. Yeah, it's it's. There's no neutral ground. Don't you feel like today on, we were driving up from Sac or this morning? It felt like night. Whatever. <laughs> it was dark. Yeah. It was dark, <laughs> and we were driving uh, up here. And this thought hit me, and I told Jess and Erica on the way up. I said, "You know, it's God's will that there not even be a single sniffle or cold on the earth." Mm-hmm. That's God's will. Like there not be a, a single pain, no, a right. single infection, anything. Right. And then when you look at the reality, there's a whole lot more yeah. going on than just a sniffle. <clears throat> there's people suffering all over the world, and none of that is God's will. And that's something I saw when I watched my friend pass. Like yeah. that was not God. Yeah. But I felt like the <clears throat> like. The, the power that the renewed mind could usher in to the current circumstance, mm-hmm. it's, it seems like, to me, the connection to heaven. Yeah, yeah it, it is. It, it proves the will of God. Mm-hmm. That's what Romans yeah. twelve two says. It says, transformed mind is able to prove that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Mm-hmm. So, and the will of God is good, and it's acceptable, and it's perfect. Yeah. And so the the renewed mind demonstrates that. It's like um, faith to me, a renewed mind cooperates with faith because it kind of creates banks of the river for faith to flow. It gives it a direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, faith doesn't come from the mind. It comes from the heart. But the renewed mind works in tandem. And wherever you see a renewed mind, you'll see increasing faith because it just seems to fuel it, fuels it with, with correct perspective. All faith is, faith doesn't draw attention to itself, it draws attention to the one who's faithful. All faith is, is a confidence in who he is. And so the renewed mind lives from an awareness of who he is. Can you say that mind. again about faith? What part? All faith is, is a confidence in who it, God is. Yeah, it's just a confidence in who God is. It's, it's, uh, it's faith in the faithful one. So it, it's, like, it's like if you encounter one who's perfectly faithful, you leave with faith. Right. It's, it's like hugging somebody that has too much yeah. cologne on, you know. You walk away smelling like they do. You walk away smelling like they do. It's like something of them stuck to you. Well, that's what faith is. Faith is the residue of his faithfulness. You know, it's, wow. it's, it's what sticks to you. So when you get that and the renewed mind working together, you know, that it fuels it because it gives an understanding. Gives understanding of an unseen world. That's what wisdom is, by the way. Wisdom works in tandem with this renewed mind, because it looks beyond the obvious. You know, if you look at a wall, you see you see the wood uh, that we have on the wall here. What you don't see is behind that 
is uh, maybe the two by fours, the wiring. What wisdom does is it, it sees beyond the obvious into internal structure. Mm-hmm. And once you understand the structure of how his world works, faith becomes much more easy. Wow. It's, it, it cooperates. It's amazing. Yeah. Pastor, how can you keep the mind renewed? I know there's so many people that have divine encounters, and it's amazing, and then quickly it just seems like their walk goes down and spirals down. What could you say to them? Well, there's two things that come to mind. One is you have to keep taking risk. If you become comfortable, you know, today's, yesterday's risk is today's comfort zone. So you have to push the envelope, you know. Um, But the the next thing, and probably the most important, is you, you... you can't feed your heart on what didn't happen. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so the, the main thing is you have to, the things that didn't work, learn from them. Get before God till they're settled. The, not an answer, uh, you lost a loved one, whatever it might be. Let him heal the heart. It's usually not an answer we need as much as uh, pain healed, you know, where that, that peace uh, prevails. But you, we gotta have, we've got to have those times with the Lord where those issues are settled where we can feed ourselves on what God's doing, what he's saying. The, the moment I start, uh, moment I stop feeding on what he's saying, what he's doing, then I'll, st- I'll start dwelling on the things that didn't work. And that's just, it happens all the time. It's disappointment, yeah. at least to depression, you know, all, all the discouragement. All that, that family of thought is related to what you think about. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you live in denial. It's just take the things that you're burdened about, you're concerned about, get before God till they're settled. Yeah. You know, which means you have to take time. You have to take time. I, what I do is I, when I've got that heavy thing on my heart, is I get before the Lord in the Psalms, and I read till I find my voice. Once I find my voice, I wow. find my answer. That's awesome. You've walked through this stuff. I mean, it's not like yeah. because you pray for the sick that you're immune to oh, personal disappointment. No, the more people you pray for, the yeah. more people you see don't get healed. Yeah, yeah it's you know, very hard. I mean, uh, including family and friends and, you know, yeah. our, our own issues. It's it's like uh, the easiest way out is just don't believe in it, then you're not disappointed. Well, I, I can't do that. That's not what he says in the Word. So we have breakthrough. You know, we have extraordinary things happen. That's what I'm going to feed myself on. Yeah. yeah. And when it comes to the burden of prayer, I'm going to, what's going to fuel me is what hasn't happened. Because I know this that didn't get I didn't get breakthrough on, Jesus would have. If, yeah. he, were, if he were in these shoes, he would have. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do guilt and shame because that won't take me where I need to go. That's true. But I'm also not going to ignore it. I'm going to bring it before the Lord. So God, you know, they came from the other side of the world to yeah. receive prayer. They came for a miracle. They came to meet you. All they met was me, and neither of us were impressed. You got to <laughs> do something with me so that when they leave, they have encountered you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's that's the process for for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the disappointments really, the renewed mind really brings that disappointment into a place of bringing it before the Lord. Yeah, that's, yeah. Because the guilt and shame thing sounds holy, but it's not. No, right? it's not. No, it masquerades as humility. Yeah, it's not. It's absolute arrogance because it's independent of God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you you can't you can't be discouraged before the Lord. Yeah. You have to go somewhere else to get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's independence, it's arrogance. Because yeah. yeah. faith amazing. moves him, you know. I always think yeah. of that. Because it, it it's easy to get discouraged. And I remember the first time you prayed for, because when you first started in the healing ministry, really, 
you prayed for, I think, a three-year-old, and we had a three-year-old at the time that had cancer. Oh, boy. And he came home. I didn't want to go because I knew I didn't think I could handle it at the time. And he came home just beaten up, and he called my dad because he's been in the healing ministry for a long time. Yeah, and he yeah. said, how, how do you do it? Like, yeah. I, I'm just a wreck. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he basically said you have to just think of there's always going to be someone that's going to be healed. You think of them. Don't focus on this because then that's it's it. going to ruin it. what God's going to do with the next one. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.